Welcome to the Inclusive Movie Podcast, where we talk about all things media and diversity. I'm Matthew Stuso. And filling in for Dara Eliezer this week, I'm Hazel Bolivar. For today's podcast, we will be discussing Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, a Netflix biopic starring Viola Davis as the titular character and featuring the late Chadwick Boseman in an award-winning role. We will also be joined later by Francesca Fox, a movie critic here at Incluvi, who will be sharing her thoughts on the film and the representation within it. But before that, we're going to get into our pop culture moment and talk about what's new and trending in entertainment. Well, the final season of Pose is nearly here. Set to debut May 2nd, the FX series, which has been a landmark for transgender representation, will be wrapping up with its third and final season. This final season promises more powerful moments, heartbreak, and of course, stunning ballroom sequences. Personally, I am extremely excited, but I'm also anxious to see if the Emmys or the Golden Globes will finally recognize the talent of Dominique Jackson, MJ Rodriguez, and India Moore. These actors have put so much soul and heart into this production and, to me, deserve the world. Oh, absolutely. I mean, hopefully they get the recognition they deserve for their talent after this final season. Post has been such an important series for me as a trans person, and though I will miss the series, I believe it has paved the way for future shows to represent queer voices, especially those of trans women of color, in new and meaningful ways. Moving on from Pose, it's been an interesting week for LGBT plus representation, as former Bachelor star Colton Underwood came out as gay. Although this may seem like a major step forward for the franchise, many were quick to point out his problematic past, especially since Underwood is already meeting with Netflix to discuss a reality show. So, though it's important to uplift gay voices, it is also important to hold celebrities accountable for their past actions. It's definitely a complicated subject, and I hope at the very least others can feel comfortable coming out and living their authentic truth, even if they aren't conventionally attractive cis white gay men. We'll see what direction Netflix goes with that show. But for now, let's talk about Netflix's recent Academy Award-nominated film and the topic of our podcast this week, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And with the Academy Awards being this Sunday, we are definitely going to be pulling for Nomadland and Ma Rainey, both of which we have reviewed on this podcast. I personally think it's going to be Chloe Zhao's year for Best Director and Best Picture, and as we're about to discuss, Chadwick Boseman is for sure going to be taking home Best Lead Actor in what's sure to be a very emotional ceremony. Based on the play of the same name by August Wilson, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom tells the story of real-life 1920s blue legend Ma Rainey and her band as they record with Paramount Records in Chicago. Viola Davis stars as Ma Rainey, while Chadwick Boseman stars as an upcoming musician in Ma's band named Levy, who dreams of one day selling his songs and having his own band. Before we get into our interview with Francesca, we're going to give our first impressions of the movie. So, what did you think, Hazel? I really enjoyed watching it. Everything from the performances to the production design and the careful direction by George C. Wolfe came together to make this adaptation of Wilson's timeless play something like really special, which isn't a surprise because of the repertoire of everyone involved with the film and the text that it's based off of. In terms of writing, Ruben Santiago Hudson, who has acted in productions of Wilson's play and knew Wilson personally, 
adapted the story into the screenplay. Now, I haven't read Wilson's original play, to be honest. Um, so I was sort of curious. No, I have not either. I was sort of curious in what ways the adaptation was different from the original play. And I found in an article ran for Fast Company that what inspired the, quote, subtle changes that Santiago Hudson made while working on the script was his guiding consideration of amplifying the agency and empowerment of the black characters. This takes shape in many moments throughout the script where he moved lines about the, quote, financial power of black music in the industry from the mouths of the white men to that of Levy's um, and having Dusty May play a more active role in her flirtatious scene with Levy. It's that sort of thoughtfulness and focus on bringing more agency and power to black characters in this adaptation that makes it so refreshing to see, especially since this is a story that is about the ways that the work of black artists are so often commodified and devalued. Yeah, I definitely want to say right off the bat that this movie was, like, excellent. Yeah. I just felt very impressed throughout the movie. I mean, there was a lot of times where I was just really watching, like, wow, this is just so good. (laughs) The way that every single one of the actors was delivering the dialogue was so, like, borderline rhythmic. And stylistically, it felt like they really were capturing the essence of the 1920s. Yeah. And... It's kind of interesting because I feel like there's been this surge of a lot of plays turned movies recently. Um, One Night in Miami comes to mind. And then we discussed Malcolm and Marie and how it's that sort of single setting type movie that feels very much like it could be done on stage. And up until recently, I sort of have been not for those movies. Sometimes you watch them and you feel like, yeah, this should have just stayed a play. This movie, it just worked for me, and I can't even pinpoint specifically why, but I think it was the format really just giving the performances the space to breathe Yeah, that made it something so much worth watching. Because when you think about it, the plot was really only advanced through different interactions with the characters. So the whole movie relied on the fact that the script had to be really tight and poignant and the delivery of the actors did it justice. And I would say it delivered on those aspects. Yeah. I mean, the hour and a half runtime definitely flew by for me while I was watching. I mean, the story being based on a play, I feel definitely contributes to that sort of feeling. And the history of this play as well is an aspect that really makes this film important. It's really meaningful to consider that The work being done here isn't only presenting like a historical character in Ma Rainey in this fictionalized story, but preserving a historical text and play. So this release, I'm sure, is going to expose a lot of new people to the work of August Wilson and to the story of Ma Rainey in a way that I hope will inspire more people to learn more about them and read some other Wilson plays or listen to Ma Rainey's music. So this adaptation feels even more essential now in a time when theater hasn't been able to exist in the same way because of COVID. And even though the film was produced prior to the pandemic, it being released during it serves as a sort of reminder for me of the impact that theater has because it's such a character and performance driven medium. And it really translated beautifully onto the screen in this film with Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman's performances that were just incredible. Yeah. It's, it's definitely interesting to bring up the way that, outside factors 
influence our viewing of the movie because obviously it's pretty difficult to spend a lot of time talking about this movie without addressing Chadwick Boseman and his award-winning performances levy. Yeah. Um, unfortunately it happens all too often that we lose incredibly promising celebrities far too young, but the nature of Boseman's passing and the impact with him having played black Panther and him having played so many important historical black figures and biopics, it's not really comparable to any other instance that I can think of. And for this to be the last film that he partook in, in a movie that speaks about legacy and impact and specifically what it means to try to be a black man and be successful in America. I feel like that tragedy has become inseparable with my viewing experience of the movie. Yeah. And his performance was such a tour de force too. And I just was so caught up in watching it. I just could not believe that this was the same actor who I've seen playing a superhero in a blockbuster movie with spaceships and CGI rhinos. <laughs> yeah. He was just breathing so much life into a character. And I like truly understood what it meant for an actor to have like a transformative role or to be like really a chameleon of an actor. And I was just so astounded. Yeah. I mean, what else is there to say really? Like Bozeman's portrayal of Levy is incredible and so bittersweet to watch. And he is so deserving of all the posthumous recognition he has received already for this final performance. And that I'm sure he's going to continue to receive, especially with the Academy Awards being this Sunday. And then, of course, we have Viola Davis, who is legendary in her own regard and is once again delivering at the level that we've come to expect from her. But without the larger context of knowing that she is depicting a plus size figure in a somewhat insensitive way, specifically by padding to appear larger, her performance is so incredible and so commendable. But similarly, we have to take into account that knowing that she padded sort of impacts the overall viewing of the movie. Because we want to make sure that the representation is positive in an intersectional way. And that was something that I maybe could have stood to see more of in this film. I felt a little bit like the queer relationship between Ma and Dusty May was a bit glossed over even though it is interesting that you point out that Dusty May was given more agency than she was in the play, I still felt like I was a little unsure what her motivations were and yeah. why she was so quick to go from being Ma's girl to being Levy's girl. And I think I get that they were trying to portray her as a groupie, but I just imagine that there's more dimension to her and I would have liked to see it. Yeah, I mean... That's sort of the challenge, right? Because it is a historical figure. Like, we don't fully know all of the details, but like, what is the work that we can do of like imagining what that relationship looked like? I feel like there was a lot that could have been done. It is also working within the confines of being an adaptation. So, Mm -hmm. while I understand why it didn't turn out in ways that could have had more impact. Like I think it it can spark a conversation where it's how do we reimagine these historical figures in ways that are impactful portrayals of queerness in a time when queerness wasn't fully understood. Yeah. Obviously Dusty May isn't supposed to be like the main character of the movie by any means. 
but I think whenever I see a character who just kind of strikes my interest in a way and I'm, and I'm not seeing enough about them, I'm always like looking for more and I'm always like, I wonder what, what this character represents. And I wonder what her motivations are as a person, as a rounded character. Yeah. I would have loved to see more. Cause I think as it is now, it sort of felt, it wasn't scandalizing it, but just felt like, Oh, that's interesting. They kind of have, you know, a thing, but it just was yeah. just a thing. Well, Hazel, I do just want to say thank you so much for joining me for this segment of the podcast. Of course. Um, And after a quick break, I will be joined by Francesca Fox to share her thoughts on the film and the questions on representation that it brings up. We all could use a little bit more time in our days, so why not save yourself a trip to the grocery store? With Instacart, you're able to shop from your favorite retailers and have all of the ingredients you need for dinner, your favorite movie night snacks, and much more delivered to you in as fast as two hours. Everything is carefully hand-selected by a personal shopper based on your preferences. And now with contactless delivery, your order will be safely left at your doorstep. To get free delivery on your first order over $35, follow the link in the show notes to let Instacart know we sent you and help support the show. Instacart. Never step foot in a grocery store again. Now we're going to be joined by Francesca Fox, a team lead at Incluvi, who will share her thoughts on the film Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. How are you doing, Francesca? I'm doing good. It's glad to be here. So we're talking about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. What mm-hmm. are sort of your general initial thoughts on the film? Yeah, um, so I really liked the film. Um, I've actually been familiar with Ma Rainey and the play since high school. So when I heard they were making it into a movie starring Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman, I thought, okay, this is definitely going to be something I should see. And it did not disappoint. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think it's like a very relevant uh, film right now. What do you think the larger relevance of the movie is um, in the present day? So I think right now, not only have we been dealing with a pandemic, but we've also had a very intense uh, societal intervention about race. So I think that Ma Rainey is still timely because this violence is perpetuating even now. And I think that the larger kind of overarching theme in Ma Rainey that sometimes is maybe overlooked because of the presence of white men is also that there is this Black trauma and, uh, you know, interpersonal conflict happening with Ma Rainey and Levy, who are both Black. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, in the end, spoiler alert, we find out that Levy kind of takes this violence and projects it onto, you know, one of his brothers, one of the people in the band. So, and that wasn't, because it was just, you know, a moment of, oh, I hate this person. It was literally years of trauma from white supremacy and oppression, kind of just in that moment, split second reaction. He ended up hurting one of his own. So I think that that question also 
isn't talked about as much. You know, how do we harm each other because of this long endured violence? But like, how are we helping one another? How are we being there for each other? So yeah, I think that that conversation is still important and timely right now as we are still fighting for Black lives. Yeah, I felt like um, one of the larger themes of the movie um, was the way that um, the people, the people of color, just the black people in the movie were sort of competing for the attention uh, Mm. of the white producers um, and trying to display that they had value in addition to the talent that they offered. Um, Whereas like that was not really the reception that they were getting is that they were sort of being used for their voice. And even though Ma Rainey was a bit of a diva by our standards, she really came from this grounded, justified place of being like, I'm going to get what I need because they just want me for my voice. Yeah. Um, And I think that's also kind of powerful. I I, I don't know how you feel necessarily, but I don't want to speak for you, but I Mm -hmm. think that is powerful also in like a modern context as well. I think she represents a very unique character um, just all around, even right now. Like I, I definitely know there are Ma Rainey's out there right now doing their thing. And standing their ground. I mean, we kind of see that she's able to kind of go on her life, you know, with her head held high. But we still know that there are things that, you know, she has her own demons, too. And I think that she does represent a really strong character, but she's also someone who she she has her demons and she has her own internal conflicts, just like Levy. And yeah, and it was a long time coming, but I think. This is one of the most well-earned biopics I've ever seen of someone. You know, I feel like a a white person can, you know, land a plane and then two years later we're going to make a movie (laughs) about them. Or they can invent the Miracle Mop and we're going to make a movie about it. Um, (laughs) I feel like she would be happy to know that her story is being told in a way that's like treating her as an individual and as a human And as someone with a gift who also is, at the end of the day, just a person. Yes. On the topic of representation, you had, uh, we had talked a little bit about this before, um, Mm -hmm. about the decision to have Viola Davis wear padding to play the role of Ma Rainey. Yeah. Um, Well, I feel like, I I feel like Viola Davis's choice as Ma Rainey was definitely more of a marketable, you know, this is an Oscar winning, an amazing Oscar winning actress. Like she can act. There's no doubt about that. But I think audiences and people who saw Ma Rainey as such a prominent, you know, figure of blues music, you know, she, she was a fat woman. She was a woman who was queer, bisexual. So I think a lot of people in those communities wanted to see the actress represent that themselves and their identity. So I think the question of whether or not, you know, she can act isn't really what's the debate. But like, I think some people, you know, want to see the actors and actresses portraying these characters to kind of have those identities themselves. And, you know, it's it's not really my you know, decision to make if I don't identify with that community. But I do think that there are valid points about it. 
Yeah, I agree. I think it's kind of interesting, um, sort of the way that uh, in representing uh, different communities, our opinions have sort of developed. I mean, we have, you know, way back in the day, like Lawrence of Arabia being played by like a white, blue eyed, blonde haired man. Mm. And now, you know, all these years later, we're kind of getting into what some people might think of as nitpicking in terms of saying, well, you know, is it really valid for her to play this role if she doesn't specifically do this? What if she gains weight for the role? What does that mean for that community? Um, But I think it's important to bring up those kind of discussions. And I think it's similar um, when we have conversations about, you know, colorism or ableism and making sure that we're casting authentically. So I think for you to bring that up is, even though like you said, you don't necessarily speak for the community. I think you're definitely really hitting a point that resonates with a lot of people. Would you say, Francesca, that knowing that impacted your viewing of the film? Or how did it impact, if so? I think it did impact me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I It changed my kind of thought process on, you know, the authenticity and the importance of a character playing that role. And, you know, I... I didn't even really know that Viola Davis was wearing a fat suit. Like, and if I'm being honest, like at first, I, I mean, I don't take it to myself to like look up characters and, or, and, you know, compare them with the actresses. But I was really just focused on like how moved I was by her performance. And so I think that's another point is, if it wasn't a conversation, if we didn't have that insight, like, would we be questioning it? And I think, you know, in some ways, yes. Like we, if you see a white actor wearing blackface, you kind of know. And then (laughs) at the same time, if I'm seeing a character playing a gay man or a lesbian woman, you know, that's not always something that's just about, the way they look and something that you can yeah. attribute to wearing a costume. So I think it's, it's complex. Um, but I still think the film, they, they did, you know, they did what they needed to do. They completed a great film with great actors and actresses. So that part was, you know, solid, but you know, I think the conversation is still important and it's a part of the film. So it does impact it. Yeah, no. So that's a really good point to bring up. And I think that sort of takes us into how would you overall sort of rate the film here at Incluvi, as you know, we score the movie on two five star scales, one of which judges the cinematic quality of the movie while the other, the Incluvi score judges the quality of the representation in the film. I think that the film on the Incluvi scale was like a four and a half. I would say, I think the reason why I'm not going to give it a full five, um, is because, you know, I, I I just, that little half of it is just like that representation thing that, that, that I'm thinking about in terms of, you know, maybe they should have gotten an actress that, you know, could sing, was, <laughs> act, could actually fit the role better yeah. in terms of looking like Ma Rainey, you know, that relevance is, I think it is important. So I think that's why I would give it a little half off. And also, you know, we didn't really discuss this as much, but ability, you know, Ma Rainey's nephew and the stutter, there's, they're just little things that I think, you know, they could have maybe thought about it a bit more in casting. 
Um, yeah. And then overall, I think the film is like a four. I I, I think it, it does. It's a good film. It's very poignant. It, it follows kind of this like play format. And the actors are just so incredibly gifted in their portrayals of the characters, especially the late Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, I would. I mean, really, Chadwick Boseman, like I had known sort of going in that this was the role that he's like definitely going to win an Oscar for. Mm. Um, But watching it, I was like, oh, okay." like I hope for one second, no one thinks that it's just because of his passing that he deserves this Oscar mm. because the performance was like just hitting on yeah. every aspect. Yeah. Yes. In terms of the cinema score of this movie, I'm going to go with a strong four out of five stars. This is by far one of the best scripts and best acted movies that we've reviewed thus far. And then, Really, the only reason that it's not a five out of five for me is I did feel maybe that the movie was a bit small at times and that play feel kind of kept it from being like a truly perfect cinematic experience. Um, The Incluvi score for me is going to be three and a half stars. Although the representation of black Americans in the 1920s was both empowering and complex, which I appreciated. The potentially offensive use of padding to portray a plus-size character is something that I can't totally overlook because I know that that could impact people in a very negative way. So I think to describe the representation as awkward but well-intentioned is pretty accurate. So we want our listeners to be able to um, not only read your writing for Incluvi, um, look up Francesca Fox, but also where can we find you on social media or what kind of projects do you maybe have that you would like to advertise? Uh, yeah. Um, so I do have a group called, uh, the black femme collective. You can find the black femme collective on Facebook. And then my handle, I don't really use much social media, but (laughs) I do have a Twitter. Um, and you can follow me at Neo double underscore muse. Thank you guys so much for having me here. Yes, and of course, and you are always welcome on the podcast. (laughs) The Incluvi Movie Podcast is hosted by Dara Eleazar and me, Matthew Stiuso. Our show is produced and edited by Hazel Bolivar and executive produced by Kathy Yee. Special thanks to Francesca Fox for joining us this week. Our theme music is made by Wadaboy. You can visit Incluvi.com to rate movies on their diversity and rate reviews focused on representation in media. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Incluvi. That's I-N-C-L-U-V-I-E. Thank you so much for listening. And be sure to join us in two weeks when we will be discussing Coming to America. Coming to America.